It's the hottest um, something of the summer. What's it's the hottest stuff of the summer, Jory? What is it? It's the... It's the hottest m- movie of the summer? Uh, uh, no, it's the um, biggest concert or something. It's a concert. Well, there sort of was a music guest, I guess. Barely. <laughs> uh, who? <laughs> they played a, a good portion of the Slipknot song at TakeOver Toronto at the beginning, like they used to at pay-per-views. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was kind of weird because I was like, why did they play this video package and then play it again in in arena <laughs> and show it to us in arena? <laughs> that is true, yeah. yeah. I saw that video package like three times throughout the first, like, including pre-show and then right before the pre-show ended and then that. I was like, okay, I'm thoroughly excited. Now show me wrestling. I think it was the hottest party of the summer or something like that, maybe. Mm. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. It was SummerSlam weekend. Summer got slammed into the mat. Just kidding, it's 110 degrees here today. Summer <laughs> didn't go anywhere. What what if uh what if like John Cena just F just F U'd the sun into the mat? Is the mat on Earth? Yes. We'd all die. That'd be a pretty good way to go, though. <laughs> you get to see John. You wouldn't even be able to get to see John Cena do it. <laughs> yeah, he, w- he would so be big. the only survivor. That'd be really cool to see, actually. <laughs> John Cena surviving the death of the Earth. <laughs> yes, Just floating in space until aliens pick him up. So we we started the weekend off with NXT Takeover Toronto two. Yes, uh, this is the a big one. The main event of Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship with uh, is a it's a three fall best two out of three falls match, each fall having a different stipulation. Uh, and it, there was the wild triple threat uh, North American tag or North American Championship match with Velvet that Dream was and <laughs> Unreal. <Strong. laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. Let's start, though, from the top of the card. We started the show with the NXT Tag Team Championship match between the Street Profits and the Undisputed Era. And I have to say I was shocked at the end of this. Me too. You know what else I was shocked at? What's that? I did not realize just how agile Montez Ford is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also... Did he get the Rock's permission to do a rock bottom? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> but the Rock is probably the one person you could get away with stealing some of his lower moves, you know, like a rock bottom. Just don't do the people's elbow. He tried to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as that doesn't connect, it's probably okay. But, you know, I never, uh,. I never really realized it as a kid, but the people's elbow is really goofy. <laughs> it's one of those moves where it's just kayfabe strength because, like, why the fuck are you going to lay there for that long without moving? 
<laughs> and then it's just it's just an elbow with a bunch of like leg gyrating combined it's, into it. <laughs> it's an elbow where you run the ropes to like build up the momentum and then you transfer all the, and like you know how you have to do like a little a little dance before you drop it down that's yeah. what transfers all the momentum you built from uh, running the ropes into yeah that's your what elbow, the leg gyrating drop is. it on their face it's it loosens the leg gyrating loosens it up it gets all the energy into the leg and then he shoots it up his midsection into the elbow bam that was a sick rock bottom though <laughs> that was it was real quick that's like i i can't remember anything from watching the rock wrestle but was like was the rock bottom a move that could come from nowhere because it should be no, no. There was a lot of putting someone in it, and then the crowd cheering, and him sniffing the air, and then throwing oh, the yeah. arm over, and then doing I forgot the who does the move. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have five seconds of showmanship before doing the move. As as you look around the arena, and there's just flashes going off from everyone's camera the entire time. As as soon as he grabs them, yeah, that probably feels very good. Because the rock bottom is a move I'd love to see, like, used as, like, a counter to something like a zigzag or, like, uh, an end of days or something like that. Because you're in that close proximity, so you just switch it around and mm-hmm. then just rock bottom them. Especially, like the, especially with, like, the end of days, like, the, the thing with... Uh, with that, as he like flips him, flips him one way, and then goes the other, if you you just reverse that momentum and and push push him down, doesn't it? Doesn't anyone, especially like the street profits, considering how they were just a few months ago, isn't having them up against the undisputed era really feel like uh, it's like if you put put a tag team like the B team or like the Lucha House Party up against D-Generation X? <laughs> a, a little bit? Because, like, just how over Undisputed Era is? Yeah. and Like, a- anyone else gets booed because they're coming yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it does kind of feel like that in a way. I guess... They maybe haven't been as successful lately as they should be, so it's kind of like, well, I guess anyone could win, you know, but... Yeah, but that that crowd energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very hard to go out there and be like, yeah, I'm confident knowing that we're supposed to win this match when when you're just... The other, the other team is just getting the adoration of the world. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Any other specific highlights from this first tag team match? It was really good. Of course, I I don't know what you if I don't know what you'd expect from a a show that respects tag team belts. Yeah, um, Angelo Dawkins does really good spine busters and spears. That's that's really what I learned from this match. Whew. Yeah, he does very good. <laughs> like it, it's. Especially like seeing them do the 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 like goofy uh, summary stuff that they do on Raw and SmackDown and everything. It it, it is a it's really cool to see them do great wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Which they've done the last two takeovers, so I'm confident that they can just put on good matches now whenever they're asked to. 
And uh, they got to retain here, which was shocking as hell. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I could not believe that. This match I... was a little bit shorter, too. Well, all the matches were a little bit shorter than usual takeover matches because the last one was... Like 40 minutes long? F almost 47. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I kind of lost track of that match because it was just like... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it felt like I was watching so much. Almost it the was length a lot. of an NXT... There, there are some episodes of NXT and NXT UK that are like 49 minutes long. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> there's a lot that happened there. I, I was surprised to see him. I think it was like a surprise win for a lot of people because of Street Profits' presence on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And everything. So, but I do think that it's a... Uh, I think showing them there with belts while they're doing that is probably good for the, uh, the TV at home audience or the... They're in town, let's buy a ticket audience. <laughs> Especially when they're going to places like Detroit. Mm-hmm. Or Nebraska. <laughs> oh. The entire state of Nebraska or Kansas. Or <laughs> or any of those places that are... Uh... Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So, yeah, the, it's, it's a good way to start the show. I think tag matches... Pro NXT starting off with tag matches is good. Yeah, it is. And they usually do. So our second match, which uh, could be contender for match of the night, I would agree. be Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai, the dark Io Shirai. And Jesus Christ, her entrance is so good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was watching this with someone. Uh, totally legally. I w if you're listening, Hunter or Vince McMahon, uh, I know Vince. You're probably gonna take control because they might move NXT to TV. Um, oh jeez. Have you not seen that? No. They want to move it to Fox, one of the Fox Sports ones, and bump it up to two hours. And there's talks mm. of like, would Vince become involved? And everyone's like, it's gonna be on TV. He'll have to. Mm, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So. But I totally wasn't uh, streaming it through Discord screen share for someone. And uh, when we were watching, there, as we were watching this match, Io did something. And like when she cleared the ring, they were like, I'd let her beat me up probably. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel that. And Io is still a Tekken character, so... Yeah, <laughs> she she's just like she's devil gin now instead of regular gin. Yeah, <laughs> the the music, the presentation with like the strobing lights and everything that's not like seizure inducing, inducing like Sonya Deville. <laughs> it's it's just great. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is good. She plays it really well. Um, on the other side, this is the first time Candice LeRae has been in a takeover match of her own that wasn't like a dark match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> While her husband has been at almost all of the takeovers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he has the record for most main events 
end most takeover matches. So I don't think I feel like that record probably won't be broken when he leaves. Yeah, well, if he leaves, especially if uh, this thing happens with putting NXT on TV, <laughs> and uh, then Ginger Mahal will just be NXT champion or something. <laughs> Again? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of hope if it just becomes a TV show that they do every week. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Candice LeRae basically wants revenge on EO because she tried to help EO win. And EO could have won that cage match, but she just had to bring the punishment to Shayna Baszler. And Shayna stumbled out of the ring in a stupid bullshit ending that's annoying. <laughs> uh, strange how her matches end like that. And she took out her frustration on Candace and then cut a promo saying she doesn't need friends. And now she's uh, she wants to get revenge back on, you know, for getting attacked, for not doing anything wrong, which... Candace is completely justified in feeling that way. <laughs> yep. She she was just trying to help her, and then got uh, and got attacked for no reason. Um. Yeah. Don't know why it's taken them so long to integrate Candace into the women's division. I know why, but it's not a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. D- didn't she, like, f- first get her start wrestling in matches after uh, Johnny was taken out after that, uh, after our, uh, his rematch with Almas? Like, because he lost his job, so basically they're spinning it as Candice is wrestling at NXT because her husband's out of work, basically. That's how I remember them spinning it. Or I'm just making it up and I just assumed they'd do something that stupid. Um, I I think it was, I think I remember the exact thing with it too. It was kind of like, well, now that he's not here anymore, I have to focus on my career. I can't intersect Mm. anymore. Maybe that was after the Champa stuff, but. That was, I know that was with the Champa stuff that like when Johnny turned heel was like, we keep our work and home life separate. Yeah. (laughs) Which that's more of a way for them to explain away why uh, this the ultimate baby face Candace LeRae would be uh, married to someone who's just a maniacal asshole. A monster, <laughs> who, yeah. Who, who injured a man <laughs> in a parking lot. Oh, yeah, my favorite storyline. Holy crap. <laughs> I think that just went on like one week too long. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get a time, good enough time frame from an Aleister Black would be back, so they just enacted it right away instead of like waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are some of your highlights from Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai? Candice's uh, suicide dive into the DDT is something I don't think I've seen anyone do. In the last yeah. several years, yeah, that is a that's a wild move to do. <laughs> you said uh, Candice used to do like scary deathmatch wrestling, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, there's a like... lot of stuff you can find <laughs> of her just like sitting in the ring with her like 
like cactus jack covered in blood like <laughs> so like <laughs> seeing anything I, i'm pretty sure i brought that up when that happened too uh i was like hey she's uh she's done some scary stuff <laughs> yeah i i love that uh yo does a 619 yeah, she was setting that up for a while, wasn't she? That went on <laughs> yeah. for probably like two, three minutes. And it's... How... I, I think I figured out why Rey Mysterio's setup for the 619 is always so funny. Is he's doing it to men who are like almost a foot taller than him. <laughs> so it never seems natural that they like stumble into it. But both Candace and Eo are a bit smaller, like... I'm sure when Rey Mysterio wrestles someone who's a lot smaller, it doesn't seem as goofy when he like launches them into the ropes with a Hurricanrana or anything. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's why like <laughs> Rey Mysterio throwing the Big Show into the ropes to set up a six one nine. I don't think God. I don't think that could look natural in any sort of <laughs> possibility. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't look remotely natural when like Andrade does it. Like, yeah, it's just kind of like ah, her can run. Okay, now I'm on my knees and my 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 armpits are over the ropes and I'm kind of stunned. <laughs> oh. That there there was a spot. It, it ended how I thought it would, but there, I thought it was gonna end a lot earlier when it did. When uh, as soon as Io went up to uh the her, to do her like moonsault thing and Candace went out of the way I was surprised by that I was like as soon as she she was stepping up on there and they always do that specific camera angle when EO goes to get up on to the, mm-hmm. onto the top rope I was like oh it's done here but no <laughs> yeah they they do always do a very specific camera angle for her <laughs> her moonsault setup the the Spanish fly as well. Spanish flies are nuts. They're so, so cool. It was, <laughs> it was incredible to see. Yeah, this was an overall like really good match and probably my favorite of the whole card. Honestly, both of these uh, women are macho man sky's the limit uh, for where they could go in the, the women's cream division. of the crop. Yeah, they re- they really both are. <laughs> uh wouldn't it be great if uh, they just they, they just could st- be at the top of the division? Yeah, it'd be great if they were in a division that wasn't completely halted. For like some that's reason. that's what the highlight of this this match is is that they're building the women's undercard for what at least since we have been watching NXT takeovers, this is the first card where there's two women's matches. Yeah, yeah. So that means we get to see someone besides the one person who's been in pretty much all of them I think in terms of takeovers I've watched I think I've seen I think I've seen two three without Shayna like three takeovers I've seen without without fucking Shayna Baszler oh yeah it's been a bummer someday uh, I think when we get to that, I have an idea uh, with what's going to happen. So, the next match, we 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 just got we got a nice highlight of two women who should be on top of this division, but like you said, it has a has a clutch on 
on that belt that's not coming off for whatever goddamn reason. Doesn't Ronda make Rose. any sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the only reason. We got a, a triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. And I don't know about you, but I sure felt the energy of a Pete Dunne returning for an NXT takeover. Sure did. <laughs> watching with someone who it was their first time watching like a pay-per-view. Yeah, Pete Dunne's finger stuff is terrifying still. It like still doesn't lose any of its its weight. <laughs> no. Joint small joint manipulation <laughs> is disgusting. And another fun thing with this is of course it's a takeover. Velveteen Dream's gotta make an entrance. <laughs> so it was the entrance with the Mounties? Yeah, he was using Canada. Yeah, the Mounties of uh, music, I'm pretty sure. And then it just switched into the Raptors dance squad. <laughs> yeah, 2019 NBA champion Raptors dancers. And I was like, uh, sure. That makes sense. Oh, wait. Oh, I, I forgot to mention. Were, uh, were the Street Profits wearing, like, throwback Raptors inspired Colors, gear? yeah. yeah oh, okay. The purple and black purple. and red. Yeah. I, I recognize that from uh, NBA Jam. Yeah, those <laughs> that's, are. That's how those colors stand out. And those those are, are really nice colors. Uh, yeah. Now they just wear the, the the red, black, and white, which makes sense because that's more of like, you know, red and white Canada. So getting a uh, uh, way off topic here, Velveteen Dream came out <laughs> to, after the Raptors Dance Squad, and it just switched to his music, and he came out in full Canada gear because he's a. Uh, He's going to represent Canada. <laughs> the Mountie hat. Yeah. Good stuff. Man. And it was, uh, I don't know how I didn't think, I, I didn't think about this before, but during Roderick Strong's entrance, I was like, oh, they all do what they're part of the Undisputed Era entrance is, even if it's just them. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> That's really so cool. It it reminded me of uh, <laughs> the Ginyu Force from Dragon Ball because they all have they all have dumb poses that they do. <laughs> do they all do them separately, even if not everyone's there? Yeah, because yeah. it's like all part of their like squad unison is doing the pose. So they have their individual poses, and if they're in like cer- certain groups of them, like if two of them are together, they'll have like a tag team pose, basically. <laughs> Ah, that's cool. <laughs> I wonder if Toriyama got inspiration from pro wrestling for anything in a Dragon Ball. Well, those men are buff as hell, so <laughs> probably partly that. So, yeah, uh, triple threat match between Roderick Strong, Pete Dunne, and Velveteen Dream. Lots of teaming up in this match that I did not expect. Yeah, it's uh, it's understandable that Pete Dunne would want to team up with Velveteen Dream because he's got a score to settle with Roderick Strong. Yes. Roddy, of course, ruining uh, Pete Dunne and his chance at becoming Dusty Rhodes' uh, classic champions and tag team champions as well, I want to say. Yep, the tag team belts were on the line. 
Yeah, um, by betraying him and joining Undisputed Era last year, which was one of the best heel turns I've ever seen in real time. Because <laughs> they had that secured and then just end of heartache. Yeah, that was that was so. Incredible. It's uh, Pete Dunn's got a score to settle here. Uh, Roderick Strong has just got to be like, well, we said we're gonna take all the gold tonight, so. Uh, Beavis and Butthead fucked up, so now it's my <laughs> turn. <laughs> they have not been winning a lot lately. I wonder if the allure is there. I wonder if maybe they're trying to cool down people on on undisputed. <laughs> I think they might be just because, like I said, everyone everyone else gets booed. Like every single match where they were in, they had the they biggest pop. Ricochet for Adam Cole. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> It's like booing LeBron because Kevin Durant is there. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't fucking make sense. They can both be good. That's how over the Undisputed Era is. <laughs> and, uh... Do you know... You know how, how nice it is to see a triple threat match or any sort of match with multiple people in and not have to hear Michael Cole scream, TEMPORARY ALLIANCES! Every five seconds? Yes. It is great. <laughs> uh, Mauro Ronaldo is the best. Yes, he is. Yes, uh, he is. I'm, I'm a big fan of... Velveteen Dream doing the sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah, he. I do. I like he that. He went thing. right to that kind of. <laughs> I, I like that part of his thing, and it it does fit his character, just to like get the cheap pop from people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like with him impersonating Hogan and stuff. Like, of course, it's just good, that's gonna get people cheering and like doing it along with him. So <laughs> it's good that he didn't go to that well again because I feel like if he would have done it again, everyone would have been like, "Okay, Dream, yeah, you're just doing the Hogan stuff again." Uh, let's uh, let's throw throw back to us fantasy booking Black Machismo versus H- Hogan Velveteen Dream. Please, I still <laughs> want that. <laughs> I want Velveteen Dream to come out in Hogan gear and like address that phone call recording <laughs> that'd be really funny that'd be a thing he, he he couldn't do of course but uh if he was like on the indies that'd be a fun thing to, to, to see and do it. <laughs> <laughs> what did what what did you have any highlights from this match i this is one of those things where i like there's a there's a lot going on because there's three of them but they, I think that the so many team up spots ended up like kind of making it less hectic than than what it could have been. That thing you always hear where it's you know wrestlers say like, "Well, triple threats are actually a lot harder than you think they are," right? Yeah. Um But I'm just always really impressed by Velveteen Dream. How old is the guy? Like 23, and he's putting on yeah five star <laughs> matches. That's again. To go back to it, Macho Man Sky's literally the limit. And when when you when you have a takeover match and all the legends come out of the woodwork on Twitter to be like, the dude's a world champion. The dude is world <laughs> champion material. He's fire on the mic. He's fire in the ring. He's marketable as hell. Like, 
it's just impossible not to not to like praise that every single time he has a takeover match, which I've done for the last like five takeovers he's had a match. A uh, thing with that too is uh, a big a person who praises him a lot is John Cena. John Cena loves Velveteen Dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was I think it was John Cena. I think this last weekend it was Cena, Hogan, and I want to say. I don't want to say 100% for sure, so take it for the game as a grain of salt. I, I know it wasn't Goldberg, so I was initially thinking Goldberg, but Goldberg just talked to Matt Riddle. That's all that happened there. Yeah, um, which WWE does encourage him to do. Yeah. Well, of that's, course they do. <laughs> yeah, that's good that they do. But I, I want to say it was maybe like Kevin Nash or Razor Ramon said, like, dude, this guy is fucking mm. great. Yeah. <laughs> and that's those are ringing endorsements from some of the best ever. <laughs> That that is that's true. Yes, uh. <laughs> yeah, he could do this for another twenty, 20 years, years, twenty thirty years potentially. T- twenty years of like prime time run. Like. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> how old is AJ Styles? Is AJ Styles like forty four, forty two, something like that? Yeah, early forties. Yeah, and he's still putting on incredible matches. <laughs> Jericho is forty eight. And he could be a world cha- a, a world champ, the first world champion for a brand new wrestling promotion. That's how gonna... many days are we away from that? 15? 16? 16. Thirty first. Okay. <laughs> That's my mom keeps asking me when are they gonna have another one. So, <laughs> I think I think you sold your mom on AEW. <laughs> oh yeah, I think uh, I think like she definitely goes goes for uh the she, she did like how it's like well edgier yeah tv14 is there's something there that's just not there with other stuff that uh that submission on the rope water velveteen dream took a, a coast-to-coast drop onto that that was that was completely bonkers that was, that was nuts yeah <laughs> like I I was amazed that that happened, and I'm surprised that the match didn't end there. Cause like doing a move like that on the ropes is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. very. It can be very scary. <laughs> and also the the double stronghold because part of the problem with that is a uh, <laughs> whatever they do like a double submission. One person looks like they're not really getting submitted. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh the ending was great too. Uh I big fan of um <laughs> Dream Velveteen Dream did Death Valley Driver to Pete Dunn, but then Rod, Roddy jumped in, threw him out, and then did end of heartache and he Almost got the pin when Velveteen Dream just dropped in and got the pin. It was, it was beautiful. I can't believe he retained when he only had thirty three percent of a chance to, but they're really solidifying him, and I think getting ready to move him on up. You know what I mean? Because you could technically do Gargano and Cole forever, and no one would complain, but. You probably shouldn't, right? <laughs> but yeah, 
Velveteen Dream looking real strong, able to beat two of the uh, the nastiest competitors he's faced so far. Who do you think could be the Dream's next opponent? Mm, he already beat Matt Riddle, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly too sure who they're building up in the undercard. I think Dijakovic would be good, but that would maybe be a little too obvious because Dijakovic is just a hard heel. I think Velveteen uh, Dream versus Keith Lee would be pretty interesting. Put uh, put Dream up against someone from the main roster on a takeover. Yeah, bring down Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler versus Velveteen Dream. Whew. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. Uh, Shayna Baszler beat Mia Yim. Mama Mia Yim carried Shayna Baszler throughout a match with her whole family there. Mia yep. Yim's a great wrestler. Her entrance is gr- is good. Uh, M- Mia, more Mia, Mia Yim, Yim, please. Mia Yim, like I messaged you, she should have just shown how street she is and just like unloaded like Shoot a gun stomp. into Shayna Baszler. <laughs> Shoot stomp her, yeah. <laughs> it... It would have been a good time or a good person to take it off of her because the shock of that would have been buzzworthy on the internet. Yeah, I think they're gonna have Dakota Kai do it just as like she's the she's the one who who took the beating who solidified Baszler's heel thing. Um, so now she's gonna be the one to kind of end the reign. I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, it doesn't feel great that they show me I'm like systematically taking out the other horsewomen and then just loses yeah and and the matches are all kind of doing that Ronda Rousey thing now right where they all like it's like oh man she could totally beat her and then you know like well it's I guess it's more of a Shayna Baszler thing but I mean Ronda Rousey in the sense that they're all ending the same way I guess where it's like, oh yeah, she has the upper hand, and then she just gets the chokehold in somehow, and it's like, okay, never mind. Yeah, it's pretty boring stuff. So you seeing this, seeing just that this person wrestled a match and won again, just broke my mind mind a little bit. I was gonna say what wasn't boring was a best two out of three falls match for the NXT Championship. <laughs> what what you mean is it wasn't a best two out of three falls match. Uh uh-uh. uh, it was. Oh, no, a- it wasn't just that. It, it was, it was three separate matches that they pretended like it was one match. Yeah, yep, it was the length of three separate matches, <laughs> and it definitely felt like three separate matches. My favorite one was probably the first one. Hmm. See, I like that Johnny listened to us and uh, took took our yep. Took my advice. That's why it's my favorite <laughs> one. That's why it's my favorite one. Because he he did exactly what I said he could do. Yep. But after wrestling a full-length, pure wrestling match, isn't it cool that they're allowed to say wrestling in NXT? It sure is. Tiptoeing around not saying wrestling is really stupid and makes your commentary into a mess. Other than the fact that most of your commentary is just people fucking arguing for hours. Yeah, because it was, it was just like your pretty standard NXT match with these two. And 
like Johnny uh, uh, Col- Adam Cole tried to set up the Panama Sunrise, but it got countered into just a regular Sunset Driver, uh, which of course a kick out and. Uh, Adam Cole got real mad about uh, Johnny reversing finishers and avoiding the last shot and trying to do last shot on him, and just he could he just couldn't take it, so he brought a chair into the ring, and then while uh, <laughs> while it was a distraction, tried to get somewhat of a low blow onto Johnny, but he still kicked out. <laughs> And Johnny grabbed the chair, and he's, like, looking at it. He's like, hmm. And, and I was screaming at, at it, just just hit him and take take the fall, whatever. You just keep beating him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, hey, that's exactly what he did. <laughs> it was beautiful. Excellent, excellent work. And immediately afterwards, it started beating the shit out of Adam, Adam Cole across the arena because Adam Cole kind of controlled the first the first pinfall and then Johnny got to control this one pretty much uh dragging him all around the arena just <laughs> throwing him into stuff uh when he put him into the chair I was really hoping he'd just like spin the chair in circles to make him dizzy <laughs> that'd be really funny that would've been great he was a. Uh, there, there's a lot of chance for tables because people love tables. It is I mean, satisfying. How could you not? <laughs> and there was he. Uh, he p- pulled up a table, but it wasn't able to, to get anything. And did you notice with the uh, with the chair that one of the bars on it popped off? I don't think I did. Yeah, one of the bar- bars that connects the legs popped off on that chair they were using throughout most of the match. Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh... And I was a big fan of them just sitting in the chairs, just being like, What you gonna do, idiot? Yeah. But, uh, Adam Cole set up a, a chair up into the corner when they made it back to the ring after taking a spear through the barricade. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> and then going through a table, uh, they were able to going. Yeah, uh, this is the announce table, right? I think so. Yeah, and then they were able to just tried to get a pin, but it didn't count. So Adam Cole pushed a steel chair into the corner, which uh, got reversed, and Johnny threw him into it. And put the Gorgano escape, which when you go face first into a chair, uh, the Gorgano escape probably hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, and Adam Cole tapped pretty quickly to that. He was, I think he was just like, okay, I'm going to live to fight another day. I got one more chance at this. And that's when the third stipulation started. Yeah, I didn't see the announcement of what it was. It was on the pre-show. I don't know if you were watching it. I did not. Yeah, it was... It basically just showed the cage that how it was. It was bas- There was no explanation. William, William Regal was just like, and I've decided the third fall. And then it kind of faded to a little video package of like the horrific cage with like 
the fire extinguishers and the barbed wire and <laughs> all of the scary ass shit that was in there. <laughs> it just felt like it, it felt like a when you fight a boss with multiple forms and there's a cutscene in between one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. They just they kind of rolled into the ring and while it was the cage was was descending upon them, they were just kind of like, "Oh, oh jeez." Looking around like, "Oh shit." I uh one of the first thing I drew attention to was a sledgehammer. Yes. And the mysterious burlap sack. Um, yeah. It's facing yes. the hard what? cam. I don't know if I saw that. I don't know if I, I recognized that. I was saw that? it immediately, and I was like... One are, of them is going to get snuff filmed. <laughs> are... Are, uh... Are they going to do thumbtacks? Oh, no. Oh, I thought... Okay, alright, good, good, good. <laughs> That's a better use of that. Which I, I do think what was inside the bag was uh, a lot more terrifying. Well, the the use of it wasn't as terrifying, but uh, what was inside has some scary potential. Um, and the fire extinguishers, which is kind of odd, and for some fire extinguishers with. are always kind of like comedy spot items. So it was a yeah, that's a uh, that's. When they're dropping down, first one watching, they're like, "Huh, uh, what, what, what do they do with the sledgehammer and and the fire extinguisher? Like, they they don't they don't use them like you think they would. <laughs> they, no. they use a sledgehammer like you think they would. They would like fucking kill someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this is uh this is one the match just got like." Buck wild with kicking out of finishers and <laughs> yeah, there was a Panama sunrise probably or an attempt at one probably every like minute and a half or two minutes until the end of the match at this point yeah <laughs> there I I want to find out from Adam Cole how refreshing that after you wrestled for like. 30 minutes how good that fire extinguisher feels on your probably, skin. Probably probably felt great but also his lungs are probably like ouch. <laughs> so your outside feels good but your inside which already doesn't feel good probably feels a little bit worse. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I guess there's there's just pan of sunrise setups like <laughs> it felt like every minute there was Attempt for a Gargano escape with a kendo stick. There was throwing him into a fucking... Throwing Adam Cole into a chair and, like, flipping him into the chair and, like... <laughs> yeah, it was... It was a sprint to the end of the match from this point, and it was wild. There was a point where Adam Cole was kind of, like, trying to escape. There was, uh... <laughs> uh, Johnny set up two tables... In the corner, and uh, Adam Cole was like stuck up there when Johnny pulled out pliers from that burlap sack and then took them to get the barbed wire. And 
they, they were up in, in the corner where there's like a weird plastic table, probably because uh, Adam Cole was terrified at War Games when he had to sit up on the cage. <laughs> so they gave him a little bit more stability. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and uh, they came tumbling down, crashing barely through the second table, which they probably should have set up a third table. <laughs> break their fall yeah i think it was just a little bit of an uh, just overshot yeah and uh it went through the table and then adam cole just kind of rolled and got the pin yeah and then everyone in undisputed era came out and celebrated like they did their jobs or something (laughs) like they definitely didn't lose their matches (laughs) yeah um uh... (laughs) yeah that was another classic, including Johnny Gargano, honestly. like, I don't know if main roster will ever use him properly with Vince McMahon at the helm. Maybe if he goes to Raw and uh, uh, what if Paul Heyman has control of it. See, we just have Johnny versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that's that'll work. But he will he's Mr. NXT, basically, at this point. Yeah, that's why it's Johnny Takeover. Uh, did we, did I imagine Killian Dane and Matt Riddle fighting during this takeover? No, that did happen. It happened okay. after the North American title match. Okay, alright. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's a good feud. Maybe the winner of that feud will go on to face uh, Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. <laughs> Maybe they'll make that like a number one contenders thing. But all in all, another really good takeover. So Killian Dane has lost a lot of weight. I feel like he's lost like almost a f- half of a Killian Dane. Yeah, he definitely was probably over 300 pounds before, if not close. And now he looks probably closer to like 230, 240. So probably maybe, maybe more like 220. I'm not sure exactly how tall Killian Dean is, so... Let's take him... Let's put him on 205 Live. Yeah, 305 Live. <laughs> well, now that we're done with good wrestling, you want to talk about okay wrestling? Yeah, uh, it's SummerSlam, and it opened with the pre-show, a two-hour pre-show that I started watching directly when it started, so I just sat there and watched an hour of nothing. But then eventually I got to Cruiserweight Championship match, including Oni Lorcan and Cruiserweight Champion Drew Gulak, which was pretty good. This was a packed pre-show. Yeah, it was it was a very short match, but it was it was pretty good. Um, Gulak Gulak won with his cyclone cr- crash, which just sounds like a fucking Tekken move. So I love it. <laughs> it's already an insane. Uh, what is it? It's, it's like the the Samoan drop torture rack setup to stun. Yeah. like it's that's already an incredible move that he started doing recently. So. Very happy with that. Any thoughts on that match? It was cool. I uh, missed part of it. Well, lucky for you, I missed this whole next match, so you can talk about this. I know what happened, but I had to set up a bed frame or something. I was like, Apollo Crews versus Buddy Murphy. Holy shit, this shouldn't be a pre-show match. This should be for the Intercontinental title. Yes, it should be. Listeners, do you know how often I think of Apollo Crews, Intercontinental Champion? A lot. 
think about it like once a day. And instead, we got it in a pretty good match that uh, just um, ends because Buddy Murphy outed Rowan as being the ones to the one who attacked Roman Reigns. So hmm. Rowan attacked him and was screaming uh, to keep his name out of his mouth, and you shouldn't do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Story movement on the pre-show. Okay, pretty smart. I guess more people can watch it. The next match was, um... Pointless. Should have probably just been done on Raw. <laughs> Alexa Bliss likes Disney. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> I also I, I'm a big fan of uh, Corey Graves just switching into hate mode on Alexa Bliss. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he just likes the Iconics more. Yeah, he just likes he he's got to find a way to like heels more. So, who's the most heel in this situation? All right, I don't like the other one. At least he was on the right side. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh. Nothing happened. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross retained their women's tag team championship titles. It's a good setup for it with the, like, we never actually got pinned, so we should get a match. Like, that's smart, but just do it later. Just do it, like, on Raw or SmackDown or something. <laughs> do it on the Raw pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> and then we barrel from that into... <laughs> the match for the Raw Women's Championship. A submission match between Natalia and Becky Lynch. This was pretty good. I had a good time watching this. Uh, I think I just really like submission matches because there's just naturally more drama involved in a submission match because of the way like losing to a submission works. Yeah. Uh... How can how long can you stand the pain? Makes things just more interesting. And like we said last week, I I wasn't like wanting Becky Lynch to lose, but if she did, it probably would have been fine. I don't think I would have been mad, so I wasn't nervous at any point. So it was just fun to watch, mostly. It it was, and especially it being a hometown, home country. That's the fun thing about wrestling, at least for WWE, is uh. No matter where at from Canada, you're from uh, Canada's Canada. The only person who, whose hometown it was was Renee Young's. So that meant there was all sorts of commentary exchanges between her and Corey. Of Corey going, Canada's gay. And she's like, I love Canada. This place is a shithole. I grew up here. This place is a shithole. Well, I grew up here. This place <laughs> is... Okay, you guys. Also, Corey Graves likes Pittsburgh, so I don't know if he's someone you want to listen to on Good Towns. Nope. Nope. <laughs> not at only, all. That's the only place he'll praise. Yeah, oh. Not at all. So, uh, submission. Yeah, submission matches. The thing I, I liked about this was uh, it's probably a staple of doing a submission match, but both of them doing each other's submissions on each other is cool. Yeah, uh, I was hoping for Screwjob Two, Electric Boogaloo. 
<laughs> That's what I was thinking as a... <laughs> it w would happen even though I don't know why it would, but... <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for it to happen. Yeah. But it would would have been funny. It would have been weird. would have been a moment you'd be like, I, I remember this so... Good that it that it happened. It got people talking. Do you have any specific spots with this that you liked? I guess nothing in particular, I should say. It, hmm. I think it was just fun overall. I like the sharpshooter on the ropes. That's... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. well... And I also like uh, them doing things in the match that make sense, like... Becky Lynch targeting Natalia's leg, so it's harder for her to lock in the sharpshooter. Yeah. Usually, when they when they do like he's working this this body part, it doesn't seem to mean anything in like a regular match. Right. Like he had, we know that he had an injury for this body part a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Becky was able to crawl out of multiple sharpshooters. And uh, she was also able to put... Natalia was also able to escape a bunch of disarmers, but uh, Natalia tapped to the last one. We didn't see an arm snap. That'd be, that'd be wild if that happened. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> uh, Becky Lynch is still our Raw Women's Champion. Can't believe she survived the sharpshooter. The strongest submission of all time. Could she could she survive a coquina clutch from Samoa Joe? Probably. Could she survive the Bork funny face lock? Probably. Could she survive the Shayna Baszler clutch? No. <laughs> no. No one can. <laughs> Absolutely not. The strongest wrestling move of all time. She quits before, uh... She just walks out on the company before that happens. <laughs> yeah, hopefully she does. She doesn't have to... Fuck, dude. Okay. We're gonna have to see that on main roster. Uh, anyway. Before we get mad about that. Uh... The next match was... Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Hope you didn't go to the... Go to the bathroom like my mom did when this match was starting. <laughs> That happened, and then as she's walking, she's like, "You're gonna miss the match," because I'm funny. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna miss the match that's gonna be the length of you being gone. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't barely. It was a little bit, lo a little bit longer. <laughs> so, Dolph Ziggler uh, came out to the ring and was calling out Goldberg, and then Goldberg came out to the ring and did his thing. Uh, he tried to super kick Goldberg a couple times and get a pin, but none of them worked. <laughs> and, uh, he super kicked him twice, and <laughs> each time the crowd went crazy because they were like, holy shit, it's going to happen. Holy shit. <laughs> but each time Goldberg kicked out at one. And then uh, Goldberg, uh, he Goldberg did. <laughs> yep. Spear, spear, pin. It's over. So, or spear jackhammer pin. It's over. And then, in a move that doesn't make Ziggler buried by this, he grabs the microphone and is like, That's all you got! You can't beat me one-on-one! -on -one. 
You got lucky. <laughs> and then he does it again. He spears him again. <laughs> Jack hammers him again. Again. And he's walking away and he does it again. And he <laughs> happens again. Beard and jackhammered one more time. Goldberg is strong. Long-haired guy is pissed because he's the biggest Ziggler mark in the universe, and they just buried Ziggler in front of him, literally like feet from him, which is I think is kind of funny because that man will boo some of the best wrestlers in the world for Dolph Ziggler. Granted, Dolph Ziggler is one of the best wrestlers in the world, but I don't know if Ziggler wants to be as over as this guy wants him to be, and he got fucking destroyed in front of him. And uh, Goldberg gets a reclaim glory he had from uh, almost dying in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So. He didn't headbutt the door. Did you notice that? I was in the kitchen making dinner, so I missed that. He did not headbutt the door. He just threw the door open and ah, did his thing and walked out. There was no door headbutting, so... Was not. I think in Saudi Arabia he concussed himself before going out there. Because, like, you're headbutting a door, dude. It could be a steel door. <laughs> Stop. You're like 50-something. Yeah, you can't headbutt shit anymore like you could in your 30s. <laughs> you shouldn't have even been headbutting shit then. Especially after you played football. Yes. In the 90s. Yeah. Which was head, which is headbutting the sport essentially. <laughs> and following uh, the instant match is our United States Championship match: Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Ricochet in full body like biker suit superhero gear. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be Nightwing stuff. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. He responded to some tweet that said he should be like, I think, Dick Grayson, who is the Robin that that died. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. Oh. <laughs> with how that match went. <laughs> and he just, Damn. He just quoted it with a sad emoji. <laughs> but yeah, so it was weird seeing Ricochet do those moves in like that full gear. <laughs> yeah, I mean... They're just straight up going like, you like Marvel? Do you like Marvel, son? This guy is a superhero. And Marvel. It's that's, that's good. When's Marvel? Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Styles whooped his ass for most of the match. Yeah, it's not fair that uh, AJ Styles gets two friends and Ricochet doesn't get to bring, al- bring along Apollo Crews and Nakira Tozawa. Even though they should let him. Those two should just be a st- or those three should just be a stable together, or at least backstage friends. So then you have someone that's like, e- even if it's just okay, Akira Tozawa is going to run out and also get magic killered. Like that's fine. Just have someone have his back. Yeah, <laughs> that's a uh, that's the thing that like kind of sucks with it, but. With a big announcement that's hap- that happened on Raw, he might need- he might be fine moving away from the picture. That was uh, that was the thing with this is it's just um, Ricochet got to uh, just uh, 
try and hold his own against AJ Styles and the OGBC the best he could. But when it's three against one, things don't work out very well. No, no, they don't. Uh, and it's okay for his character that he lost because AJ Styles is a legend, so it's all right. Who's able to stand up, uh, up to the big, the big strong main eventer guy? So works out yeah. for him. Uh, yeah. The the main thing I want to point out from this match is uh, when Ricochet uh, countered the calf crusher. That was cool. Because the remember this spot, the calf crusher always se- seems to me like a move that's like that's in you're you're done. Just like how mean you can get with it, and like yeah. just how much torque you can see Styles applying to it. So, and he just rolled through and got an Anaconda Vice, which is apparently what CM Punk used. Oh, okay. Yes, I remember this spot now. <laughs> I have. I d- didn't know the name of that, but I was like, yeah, that's CM Punk's submission. Cool. And then, uh, Ricochet, uh, got, took a mean Styles Clash. <laughs> yeah. From the second rope, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, that was... It was it was the incredible sequence because he like flipped right into AJ Styles and AJ just pancaked him into the mat. Up. Like how excited <laughs> AJ's face gets when he like when he has someone set up for the Styles Clash. I love. He's just like ah yeah ah he's like just, just grinning and it's like yeah I got you now. And that was a particularly mean one. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship match, the company didn't give a good build-up for it, and the crowd uh, actively hated it. There was just tons of booing and complaints through this entire match. Which, why spend the ex- exorbitant amounts of money to go to SummerSlam just to be mad? People also really don't like Bailey. I've noticed. Mm. I, too, hate things for children. Yeah, yeah. Check out check out my Twitter account where all I do my Facebook page where all I do is share memes about how dumb Fortnite is. Yeah, that's my personality now is disliking things children. Yeah, it was an okay match also. Yeah, it was a fine match. It just uh sucks that these two had to put up with that. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't built up as well as it could have been. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh the Bailey DeBelly got uh Ember Moon from the top rope. Which looked real good. She Bailey retained her title for uh, no oncomers. After that was a pretty memorable match. Whew. Uh, man. I don't know about you, but I sure do love watching Stone Cold wrestle Vince McMahon. Me too. I like watching chubby uh, Canadian <laughs> Stone Cold wrestle Vince. Or, or uh, yeah, Vince McMahon. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Vince McMahon wearing a baseball jersey. It, uh, Vince McMahon, if he fused with Kurt Angle, I'm trying to do the calculations in my head if that would work. I'm mostly saying that because Shane has a thick neck. <laughs> Vince McMahon, if he fused with Kurt Angle, and like Rey Mysterio's socks were in there. <laughs> there you go. During the fusion. <laughs> Yeah, 
with the special guest ringside enforcer Force Elias. Referee enforcer man. <sighs> sure, <laughs> right? Like, okay, I guess. Just make him the ref. Like, yeah. That's what I don't get. Just make him the fucking referee. I, I guess y you want it. I, I don't know. Is there? There must be something against. Maybe it's like the the refs unionized or something. I don't know. And like, <laughs> there's some reason they don't have special guest referees. Because having like a special guest, a ringside enforcer, I should like see if I can find information on this. Because it's really goofy to have a special guest ringside enforcer instead of a referee. Yeah, I mean, we've only seen one special guest referee recently, and that was a, that was really fun, actually. So maybe they keep it, maybe they keep it so, like, uh, ra not, not random, rare, that when it happens, it can be as fun as Lacey Evans being the ref during uh, Baron Corbin and, and Seth Rollins. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. With the with with this match though, um, it's it's really what you expect. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Owens seemingly getting getting a good opportunity to win. Elias messing things up, distracting the ref, things like that. Uh, Elias brought a chair into the match. And gave it to Kevin Owens, and then you have the the goofy spot of the ref be like, "Hey, put that down!" And he's like, <laughs> "And just the the spot, which is, I'm glad Kevin Owens still has this character trait where he's holding the chair, and he's just like, he really wants to beat Shane with it, but he can't because he'll lose his job. Yeah, he'll <laughs> lose his job. Yeah." I forgot about that stipulation. And he's just like struggling with it. And uh, he it, uh, he didn't. He uh, he dropped the dropped the chair and was able to get a swanton and a frog splash on Elias. And <laughs> um, before the count could happen, of course, Elias pulled the ref out. And then this is what. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it got great, where Kevin Owens was like, fuck, <laughs> and did a cannonball to Elias, but it also got the ref. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, the th Kevin Owens, uh, he kept peeking over to be like, is, is the ref out? And then beat the shit out of Elias <laughs> with the chair. And then got into the ring. <laughs> uh, as the the ref was throwing through the chair out of the ring, uh, <laughs> Kevin Owens kicked Shane in the in the dick and got a stunner for the for the pin. And you might be listening and thinking, but guys, you you weren't happy with Seth Rollins do, doing the. Doing the low blows to to Brock. Why is it okay if Kevin Owens does this? There's multiple reasons why. And I'm sure mm -hmm. you also understand. Hopefully. Where 
it's, there's not really a title on the line. Brock Lesnar has, hasn't never really did anything to deserve it. Like, despite not liking Brock Lesnar constantly being in the title picture, not liking his character, not really liking his matches, just because they all end, oh, he wins. So, like... If I've been... The, the, like, excitement from a Brock Lesnar match comes from, oh, they might actually do it, and then they don't, and that's, like, pulling the rug out, and I don't think that's satis- a satisfying way to do things. Some people do. I'm sure some people love Brock Lesnar for that reason. But uh, Brock Lesnar doesn't do really bad heel things, especially leading up to WrestleMania. If, if Seth did that this night, it'd be kind of more justified because he fucking... Brock Lesnar pulled him out of... Uh, an ambulance and F five him onto the like extraction stretcher. stretcher, yeah. Yeah. So then he'd be kind of mortified, but Shane has been torturing Kevin Owens for almost two years, and is abusing his authority no. over somebody as a so uh, as a Ke- billionaire owner of a billionaire company. Uh, SummerSlam 2017 was the match between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Yep. So, it's like a two... It's like... Yeah, okay, that one was AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens with Shane as a special guest ref. And th- that that started their, like, altercation stuff. Yep. So... And he did fuck him over in that match. Yeah. That was like... I started watching the week after that, so I remember... I remember them showing the, the, like, pictures of Shane, like, pretending, like, oh, no, you didn't, it was two, it was two, sorry, and, or whatever the, the, the shitty thing he did was, I don't, I do not remember, but he did fuck him over. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, it's pretty, it's like an ongoing thing that's pretty justified. So, it's, uh, it's, it's gonna be, it's, it's fine that he, that he did it, Ke- Shane McMahon deserves it. <laughs> yes, he does. They're not going to let Kevin Owens ride in a truck into the arena and spray uh, Shane Shane McMahon and the authority with uh, with syrup because he's Canadian. So Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to let him do stuff like that. So hitting him in the dick is fine. Yep. Also, Shane deserves it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's an abuse of power, whereas Brock is just frustrating to beat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're pl- playing fighting games with your friend, or like if you play, if you were the k- kid who... Uh, Seth Rollins was the kid who he'd be playing like Madden with a friend, and then he'd get mad after an interception and like slap the controller out of their hand. Or like yeah. slap the controller out of the hand so he could get a touchdown or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's that's the level he was acting. So 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 Cameron, does Trish Stratus still got it? Yes, she does. <laughs> Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair in a intergenerational women's division classic. So damn good. Um, for a lot of this match, Charlotte was in control. Um, th- there w- I would say like 70% of the match Charlotte was in control yeah. but towards the middle or so uh, Trish started to mount comebacks and yeah. be able to do um, 
was able to to put on some moves to to stun Charlotte. Um, there was the good um, there was the good uh, knees in the corner spot. Um, she used to do that a lot. She still got it. Looks pretty good. I want to say she definitely let Charlotte control the match because obviously her cardio is not going to be as good as Charlotte's. Yeah, that's that's what I got a lot from watching this. Is there there's definitely spots where I could see like Charlotte was this is this is me uh, on my couch like eating chicken wings to the earth. Charlotte's carrying the match, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's also it's, not, it's not easy to do what Trish is doing. Yeah, and it's not from, like, a negative way. It's like... No. That's part of the reason they'd pair her up against Charlotte Flair instead of, uh... Alexa Bliss. Uh... Yes. <laughs> oh, that match might not have been... Oh, jeez, okay. So, like, Charlotte, Charlotte was very well able to... Shut the fuck up. God damn. I'm not talking about the Amazon Echo... I'm talking about the wrestler. <laughs> I need to like unplug that before I record because because you are always saying Alexa Bliss. It, it was it was a great match, uh, and we got to see you got to see all the stuff you wanted from Trish Stratus in her home country. Yeah, uh, she got um, she got her Hurricane Rana that she usually does. She got um. Stratisfaction, the, 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 like, I don't want to say springboard, but, like, she jumps off the, 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 like, top rope and, like, walks the person to the other side of the ring. Yeah. To, to, to bulldog them is pretty good. I love that move. I hadn't seen that in a long time. She also got a, a chick kick. Which... Yeah. I don't remember that move, honestly. I don't either, and it's it does definitely seem like a very uh, women's wrestling move at the time. Chick, <laughs> it's a kick that chicks do. Men do the super kick. Chicks do the chick kick. <laughs> Lame, but okay. And googling chick kick, uh, I'm I'm seeing some fun pictures of like baby chickens doing karate. Oh, cool! <laughs> I like that. Also, this picture, Deku discovered the legs. Okay. He does. He does. <laughs> but uh, did you did you at uh, any point think that Trish Stratus was going to topple the queen? Uh, it gave the illusion that I could have, which is what counts, right? Like, yeah. she, she was putting on moves. She was stunning Charlotte. She was controlling the match for parts of it. So... No, I didn't. But I guess maybe if I was a little more of a naive wrestling fan, I might have. So that's what I think counts most. Goldberg won earlier. <laughs> true, true. Right. Yeah, it's a. Uh, this was a nice thing to put Charlotte into for it. I don't know what they're gonna do because they don't seem to be doing anything on SmackDown for the women's title. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but it, it was a nice kind of dream match, and it was probably like my second favorite moment of the night. We got we got to get to uh, the stressful match, which is WWE Champion Kofi Kingston versus 
Randy Orton. Randall Keaton. Is it stupid of me that it just dawned on me that the RKO are just his initials? This might be the worst realization we've had on here yet. Yeah, I didn't even because <laughs> I was I was watching and I was like Randall Keith Orton, and then it showed it was showed like RKO like in big letters on the screen like <laughs> twenty seconds later, and I was like, oh, Rand the Randall Keith. This just makes sense that your finisher is just your initials, I guess. That's yeah. It's, that's probably why I missed it, but yeah, it's a. That's why. Th- that's why it's the most dangerous three letters in sports entertainment. Not it's just him. It's, He's it's the, the letters. Most dangerous yeah. Thing. yeah, It's okay, both the move yeah. and him. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe it took me this long. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, Kofi Kingston versus Randall Keith Orton for the WWE Championship. Uh, who's stupid? Not me. What was the other phrase he said? Get your ass up. Get your bitch ass up. Get your that, bitch ass up. Was good oh stuff. yeah, that that was after the match ended. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was good. This is good stuff. I uh, it was it was a good match. It um, was okay to set up a series. I think. So, the big thing with this match is how it just kind of ended. Yeah, because that's that's more of what I want to talk about. It like I do like, like Kingston calling back to it, and I do like the crowds going, and because you know they're, they're just people like going, uh, Kofi's stupid. No, he's not. Even though I don't, I, I don't, don't like how you could be on Randy's side in this. I guess you just like Randy Orton, because but... people love Randy Orton that much. Like okay, it, if it wasn't like. Uh, If if the like the reason why that stuff happened didn't feel like legitimately shitty, like like if it wasn't a shoot thing, like Randy Orton going stupid wasn't him like shooting in that match. Yeah, like, like if it, if it if it was just like an improv thing to like further it because he thinks Kofi's stupid or whatever, like it's part of the part of thing going on that that'd be fine but it's the fact that he was mad Kofi didn't do what he wanted him to and then he did something incredibly unprofessional in the middle of the match and also cost Kofi some opportunities and there there is some standing for what Randy Orton has said was saying on the lead up to it that without Randy Orton this whole fairy tale thing couldn't have happened but it's not like it was a good thing uh no did you watch the WWE 24 that happened after this? I did not. Uh, it was it was really good. Um, but uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, so we, we got a lot of really nice stuff. And like uh, Kingston rolled out from an RKO. Even though I don't, I, I keep saying it, I don't like the fact that he can just catch people a few inches above the ground and it counts as an RKO. And, and uh, the fact that there's no, like, kicking... It's it's over. Like, it's the most protected wrestling move right now. Yeah. Besides the trouble in paradise. Yeah. And, um... I mean, Seth has to use, like, nine stomps. <laughs> yeah, that's a very weak finisher. <laughs> uh, and... 
so he rolls out, and they're like, they're like ringside, and Orton is like doing his evil maniacal Orton thing and intimidating Kofi in front of his family. And Kofi's kid, a born performer, is not falling for it. He is like his fists up. He's like, has that mean little kid look on his face. <laughs> like when you when you ask a little kid, "Hey, want to fight?" They make that like specific face. Like that's what yep. the yep. That's what he's doing. And then, like as all this is going on, they just ring the bell. Like, yeah, ten count. They did not. They, if you're going to do a double count out, you need to make the counting seem more obvious. Like, as this is going on, you need to hear the one, two going on, which maybe I was just so locked into what was happening, I didn't notice. It was definitely happening, but it was not loud, and also it happened at a time that, like, usually we get dub- double count outs after a big finisher. Yeah, there's that. And, like, especially with spots like this. Uh, the, the refs are usually pretty lax on the counting out. So I don't know what made yeah, this different. That kayfabe counting. Is it going to be fast or is it going to be slow? So, um, yeah, it was, uh, immediately people started chanting bullshit, which I, I wasn't satisfied with the ending, but whenever stuff like that happens, it feels very deflating <laughs> when the it- crowd just turns like that. Which really sucks. Yeah. I mean, it could have ended in a better way for sure, but it's definitely setting up a series, which is smart because since there's so much of a history between Kofi and Randy, there should be a series. There should be multiple championship bouts. Uh, there, there should. I do think they should... Uh, this should have still been a decisive finish. <laughs> like it's Randy Orton, they can, like you can you can drum up uh, something for the yeah, finish. Yeah, you can be beat and still come back. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, or you you have you could even ha- like if they didn't have the whole thing with Clash of Champions wasn't every title on the line. You could have like. A whole thing being built up, even though it's Randy Orton. Like, Kofi's like, you already beat me, but if you beat me this time... I mean, I already beat you, but if you beat me this time, we'll have this title match. So, like, Orton gets a, a pay-per-view vi- victory. That's huge, but it's not for the belt. He gets that for the next month, which... I think if you told them to have a... a, a, a people would understandably be a little upset with that, because it's like the, belt, the belt's at the pay-per-view. Why isn't it being defended? Yeah, but I don't like their inability to have like decisive finishes. Randy Orton's not hurting if Kofi beats him. The only the only thing that it really gives to storytelling is Kofi finally decisively beat Randy Orton, but they're probably gonna drag it out till Survivor Series the, the next few pay per views. Even if you didn't have the deep, hot, inside local TV network spoilers. Uh, <laughs> and I got the... I, I recently got the, the deep, hot, inside TV local network spoilers for the for the Universal title match, too, if you want to know those off-show. Ho, ho, ho! 
Hell yeah, I can't wait for Goldberg versus Rollins. Holy <laughs> shit, I can't believe you just guessed it. <laughs> it's, uh... Even without that, I think, when the... When this ended, I was like, oh, they're just going to drag it out to the Survivor Series, because Survivor Series is like the reset. Yeah, and that's why I felt confident saying something about it on the show, because it was like, it's either that was just a placeholder for Hell in a Cell, or that's what's going to happen, and now I know for sure it's probably going to be, it makes it seem like it moves on, they move on from Randy and Kofi, then Randy interrupts. And Kofi finds that he maybe he gets RKO'd at Clash of Champions and they have to throw that match out. And then they maybe do like a triple threat match between like, you know, Kofi Kingston, whoever, and Randy Orton. Or maybe uh, they do a rematch on SmackDown and Kofi beats that person definitively. And then Randy Orton comes out again and is like, hey, I'm not done with you. And then they go to Hell in a Cell and he defends his title in the cell. And that's pretty cool. Like, I'm, I don't know. I kind of like the way that that went, but I agree you could have just had Kofi beat him, but it would probably feel better if it was at the end of a series where Randy tried to do some bad heel man stuff, like flex in front of Kofi's family. That's probably that's probably the the idea. I don't know that I spe- in this specific case think that that would feel better. <laughs> it probably would have just felt better to have him get trouble in paradise, rolled into the ring, SOS, and pinned after trying to do that. Gonna see it more, but we also we got the satisfaction of uh, seeing Kofi beat the shit out of Randy Orton, yelling "Get your bitch ass up!" and then trouble in paradising him. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> uh, the thing I, I wanted to bring up with the WWE 24 is a lot of what they were showcasing is just how important Kofi's win has been. Like there was a lot of footage from when he went back to Ghana. Yeah. It was, like, his first time being there in a long time. And there's a lot of, like, Big E and Xavier Woods talking about, like, how important it is. And there was there was one line where Big E gets to, like, be a little bit more real and, like, on something WWE branded, why it's big, is he's, like, for all the, the people of color and even the people out there who feel left out and looked over, like, it's important when for them. Yeah. And there's just a lot of stuff about like Kofi having really supportive parents and like his journey up from uh, the Indies into the company and then like the hard time he had in the company uh, and how like when he when it got to the point before he joined the New Day he was just like well I'll go out there and do my job I wish I could be doing more but I'll do my job and it's him like one of them that whew, when when they showed it he was like people who came in after me getting title title wins before before i did and then they showed alberto del rio and jack swagger winning world titles they showed i would like seeing it's them especially with like from what i understand del rio is a miserable person to work with backstage and i i wasn't watching and i i really shouldn't say anything but i'll never understand the fucking space program they put jack swagger in i'll never understand it they just he, he has that look he, he's blonde and white and has a half beard. Is that it? I don't like. I don't. I'll never understand. Even watching some of those matches, I'm like, it was fine. <laughs> Not main event, fine, but whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> a fucking bummer. <laughs> like stuff like that, and 
Yeah, like that's the like especially those two people, like Del Rio and <laughs> Yeah. And Jack Swagger. Uh and just like his the big stuff like it didn't it took on un- hearing the th- the third slap on the mat for him to realize what truly happened. Like and him talking with the like y- definitely you can tell or maybe it's just how they had it so um it was the 24 thing, so they didn't want to seem like it's that addressed in advance. But, like, he's talking with his kids and stuff. He's, like, with his older kid, he's like, hey, you're going to be ringside watching me in this match. And the kid immediately was like, do I get to go in the ring? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I uh, saw that part. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, I don't know if you'll get to go in the ring, which makes me think they don't. For something like WrestleMania, WrestleMania decisions aren't addressed to the talent until, like, showtime, almost. Until, <laughs> uh, from what I know, you walk in that gorilla position, and then you are just told everything by a couple <laughs> people, and then you walk out there and yeah. go, all right, cool. <laughs> you literally don't know what's happening until you hit that yeah. room with all those monitors and Vince in the headset. Yeah, and just Kofi talking about, like, when, when the movement, like, the fans started getting behind him. Like, he didn't know how long it was going to last. Even for the gauntlet match, he's like, a, a lot of that just seemed, was was like on the fly stuff. Like you're doing really well, and people are getting behind you. What's, or or maybe that's just what they were going to have for Ali was the similar kind of performance in the gauntlet match. Maybe they were doing like a heat check, like a. Can can Ali be this big? Like, yeah. if he beats all these people, will will people cheer for him? And who and knows it, if the outcome would have been the same? But it, it's almost a guaranteed thing if you go back before that and replace Ali with Kofi. Like, people yeah. will definitely like, get by it's, him. It's it un like I'm sure they didn't realize it with Kofi, but it has that much more impact that he is lasting this long and he's putting in this much work because it's like now we're talking about like six month old. <laughs> stuff but it's it's still relevant to his entire yeah. push and it's like it's a bit it's a huge thing with Kofi because it's indicative of the hard work he's done and he can still do and like especially with AJ Styles coming out and being like man you don't have to do this you've proved yourself and Kofi not giving up in that it's huge yeah and like the just the the feeling Kofi got from like going back to his village and uh in Ghana, and everyone just being excited. They're like, he pulls up in in the cars and everything, and there's just tons of kids going New Day, New Day rocks as he's getting out of the car, and he's getting to participate in like rituals and like different ceremonial stuff from his his village, and he gets to watch like traditional wrestling and everything from there. Like, it's huge. <laughs> it's, it's a big yeah, thing. I, and something it, I know from watching some of that is like. A lot of those people, like, they... I don't know what the television situation is like in Ghana. I imagine it's a lot of satellite TV. But I imagine maybe not every home has television that might carry WWE. Yeah. But like, everyone has a smartphone, like, the whole world. So a lot of them yeah. were, like... As he was walking through, they were, like... They opened up the WWE app and were, like, pointing to a picture of him on it. Like, this is how I know who you are and watch you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, like... You know... They'll they'll get their Kofi any way they have to, right? Like, that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, like, like Kofi's uncle gathered everyone he could to come over to his house and watch the match. And then they showed the clip of, like, MVP and I can't remember the other guy's name, like, watching him win and then they start crying. Oh, like, Shad from Crime Time? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he, cause he, like, he posted a video the next day, and he was, like, still kind of like, I can't believe this. Yeah. Especially for guys like that who they should have had that chance to at least be in that picture more than they were, but they didn't. And there's there's <laughs> the stuff at the time. I think I've talked about it on the show before. Like, back in, like, 2008, 9, 10, 11, where there was, like, whatever the fucking stable was with Cody Rhodes and, and Randy Orton and, you know, Mark Henry, crime time and MVP in the ring oh, going. Yeah. Like, you've talked about this. Yeah. Going like <laughs> you guys are animals. And it's like, Jesus fucking cr- you, you make these guys come in here. This guy has to be Jamaican. This guy has to be MVP sports guy. This, these guys have to be criminals. Well, they, uh, you know? they address the Jamaican thing on the WWE 24 actually. Okay, what do they have to say about that? So, Kofi uh, started wrestling because he grew up watching stuff. He made himself, like, a belt in shop class, like a title belt. Oh, just tight. Just laying around metal in shop class. Like, he was that into wrestling. And then, like, he got an office job and immediately was like, this sucks. So, he went to yep. pursue wrestling. And on his way to, to wrestling, he listened to... Uh, uh, Bob Marley and whatever his brother's name is, Damien. CD. Yeah, and I like, actually think Damien is a son. I don't know his brother's name. And uh, they and he he listened just that with that one CD, and eventually he's like, "I'm gonna do Jamaican accent." <laughs> okay, okay, it definitely helped, and you could you could say like. I'm sure I don't want to like put words in anyone's mouth, but it's it's probably easier as a black wrestler in the late 2000s, early 2010s to get noticed doing a Jamaican character, right? Like that's probably yeah. And when people when someone asked him like like he brought brought, uh, he talked about a thing the BBC revealed was like how come you're from Ghana but you you do a Jamaican character? Are you ashamed of being Ghanaian? And they ran this article, and he's like, it's it's fake. Like, it's acting. Wrestling is <laughs> acting, yeah. Like, they, they thought they had this huge expose, but he's like, I I thought the Jamaican thing would stand out more. More people would be more familiar than that. Like, if I did a Ghanaian accent, people would be like, what's this? Yeah, like, fucking four families that watch wrestling in, like, Minneapolis <laughs> and somewhere in Brooklyn would be like, oh, hell yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. I should watch that. I know my dad watched it, and I watched probably like. I watched um, the part where his son was asking, "Can I get to be in the ring?" And then I saw, on YouTube, I watched the clip of Kofi's love of video games and his dad just <laughs> being like, "As a child, every day Nintendo, Nintendo, we had a Nintendo museum or whatever he said," and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> that's crazy." And I, I always like seeing the clip of him and CM Punk in the in the in the bus CM Punk used to ride in playing Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking cool. <laughs> now that we play Street Fighter, we should try to play Kofi and 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 CM Punk in like a tag team thing. <laughs> Oh, that's that's the goal of this podcast. See, that's the secret goal of this podcast is to uh, get a title shot at the Up Up Down Down belt. Because Kofi, yeah. Kofi's double champ still. I'm pretty sure he's the up, up, down, down champ What's and the you, WWE champ. Uh, what do they? How do they defend it on that show? Uh, different games. I'm pretty sure. It's, okay. I'm, I think Kofi's 
I'm like basically just mad. But I looked it up, up, down, down, and they had an episode for the number one contender for the belt. That's amazing. Can <laughs> they take it serious? <laughs> and Kofi just takes it all serious. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's a part in there where he's like, people are like, he just talks, talks, talks. It doesn't. And I've seen it watching up, up, down, down in a passing way. Just like AJ Styles, like sitting there, like, like you know, the the kind of like motionless mad that you get when someone's beating you at a video game, <laughs> and Kofi just screaming in his face, and you look at the score, and it's like forty two to seventeen. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I uh, I watched. Oh, you can buy a repli- uh, a replica of the Up Up Down Down belt <laughs> on the WWE shop. Yeah. They wow. Must, I didn't think it was. I I've only seen in pictures. I didn't think it was that well made, but it's three hundred eighty for replica, so it's a. It's a real. I real like nice that. Thing built. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Enough about Kofi. We can talk about Kofi forever. I love Kofi. Yeah, Kingston. we could. And watching that WWE 24, I was like, if I meet Kofi, I'll probably just start crying. <laughs> I just want to play him as Street Fighter. <laughs> I just want to play him as Street Fighter or Madden. That's all I want to do. You know, if you play him at Madden, he's gonna play as the Patriots. So you're just you're gonna get started. I'm gonna like, be shoot mad. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. shoot mad because I forgot he likes the Patriots. Because yeah. he's, he's from Boston, yeah. so he probably oh, likes the Celtics shit. at least. He he does. I've seen him talk about the Celtics before. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's what that's what you have going on in the back of your mind, so you don't like throw the controller at the TV. You don't have to play on PS4. Oh God, the DualShock Four is terrible. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll just use the Patriots, and then it will be okay. <laughs> I'll nullify the buff. <laughs> uh, so it's it's late into the night. I'm like, damn, they only have one match left. And you know what? Then you tell me they still have the Finn Balor match. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pre-show, they had Finn Balor. Uh, they they had him talk to the bullet, the OGBC. And they're like, hey, hey, we can help you, Finn. He's like. Nah, thanks though. <laughs> and then he comes to the ring in all white gear, and the camera keeps framing him like behind, like in front of the spotlight. So he's like illuminated with an aura. They're real, being pretty heavy-handed with this, but it's great. Uh huh. <laughs> and then the scariest thing since the Ministry of Darkness happens <laughs> in the WWE. Ah. <sighs> the let me in appears on the Titan Tron and a version of Bray Wyatt's theme song that is just metal as shit it's played by the same band that did Aleister Black's theme okay that's a really except, good band to get keep getting them to do your metal themes it's a different uh, vocalist for the let what hit me in parts okay. and then the person doing the lighter stuff is uh the girl in the band uh i actually think they are i'm gonna check right now i'm gonna fact check right now i think they already put this theme on spotify i do know that they're already selling replica masks like there's people wearing them at Roth the next night <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let Me In The Fiend already released. It's their top song right now. <laughs> of course it is. It's fucking sick. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> and it's like, it's blacked out, blacked out. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he just, he comes out 
in his fiend gear, and he has the lamp still. Except it's his fucking head. It's his decapitated head, and the lamp is inside of his mouth. <laughs> so fucking wild. My my dad's reaction to that was, well, now every kid in the arena is crying. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah probably. That's a, that's what I was thinking watching it. Like, I was seeing on Twitter, like, after the match, uh, uh, a guy was like, so my kids are hiding under the table in the kitchen, so I think Bray's new thing works. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. It's really, it's really deceptive to children, too, I'm sure, is because they probably watch Firefly Funhouse and go, like, it's okay, that's is cool. And then they see, like, the kind of creepy let me in stuff, and they're like, that won't actually happen. And then they see the Bray Wyatt's decapitated head as a lantern, and they're just like, okay, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. I don't want to say it was a squash match, though. No, it was not. It, it was short, but it was not a squash. Finn Balor got his his normal sling blade, shotgun, dropkick, double stomp uh, combo in. That's his go-to combo. <laughs> and, and But it didn't. He went up for the coup de grace, but the Fiend caught him midair. Knocked him out with the mandible claw. And Fiend has his first win and disappears back into the darkness. Was not on Raw or SmackDown because they want to make it as special as possible, they've said. Ooh, good. Yeah. Hopefully not too special. Like, we should see him, like, once or twice a month, but... Like, out, like outside of the funhouse, probably, but... Even if he just shows up in the ring and Mandible Claws someone... Oh, on the pre-show, Mick Foley was talking about the Mandible Claw, so I think maybe Bray Wyatt asked him if he could use the Mandible Claw. Probably. Also on the pre-show, Edge speared Elias. Oh, we, yeah. Elias was doing a performance, then Edge came out and did a spear, even though his neck probably compressed six centimeters, shortening uh, his life by another five I saw years. he's cleared to wrestle. Technically. He's not going to return, though, because he doesn't want to have a chance at exacerbating the injury. That's smart. So, in this capacity, this is the best we'll ever get, and it was worth it. Just to see him do it one more time. I'm never for burials of people. Elias is in a spot right now where it's probably okay for him to take a spear from Edge, but it was good. And just in that uh, that Canadian crowd, just the, you think you know me? And he comes out and spears yeah. him, like, yeah. <laughs> getting all that goodwill you can. Yep. <laughs> the... Uh, the the and Bray Wyatt is good, especially the parts where you can see he's like struggling, fighting back, but he can't. So he like he's in the corner, like convulsing with his hands on his face and the hurt heel gloves. Yeah, Whew. that's good. And then they gave us that, so we can get a Brock Lesnar match. <laughs> a Brock Lesnar match that I don't remember. It feels like a sprint happened. It feels like someone German, just did like a... German. Like, F5. Okay. German. Stomp. Stomp. G German. F5. Stomp. 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 New champion. Yeah, that's pretty much what I can recall. The only He's thing... moving very fast. It, it was exciting to see Rollins like jump down from an F5. Like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And he and he reversed a lot of Germans into just straight up backflips, which was badass. 
Uh, he's part of a club that has of uh, people who have only who have beaten Brock Lesnar twice. There are only three of them: him, Kurt Angle, and Goldberg. And he's a uh, part of the more elusive comeback club of beating him clean. Ah, that's like a big thing. Like, uh, I guess mo or like in just like a ra- nothing. Nothing way out of the way. Like last year, Braun Strowman came out with the Money in the Bank briefcase and like stuff like that. <laughs> so Seth Rollins is our new Universal Champion. He's the uh, second ever two-time champion. The second ever two-time champion. What a what an accolade for this man. Yeah, that was that was SummerSlam, and then SummerSlam ends. And I'm like, hmm, that was a lot. I can't wait for. 22 hours from now, we're going to be watching more of this. Yeah. Yes. And we were. We can, uh, we can blip through the the yeah. post-pay-per-view shows, because there's, there's only some small, big stuff. Yeah. Um, you want to hit the stuff on Raw? Um. They, on Raw, they offhandedly mention King of the Ring is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, we know you're listening, Hunter, Vince. <laughs> please compensate us. <laughs> we know yeah, you're listening. Yeah, we've done a lot of the booking, please. <laughs> please. There was uh, a pretty, pretty great match between Cedric Alexander and Drew McIntyre. Okay, yeah. No way yeah. Jose and Robert Roode got to be on TV. Yeah. Uh, That's big. Mm-hmm. And Robert I di- Rude. I didn't realize until the match ended that, oh, it's just because he's from Canada, so they're going to they're gonna give him a victory. There's nothing oh, yeah. coming to this. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, what happened with the 24-7 title? Uh, I mean, the 38-7, 48 hours, European hardcore title. TV go, title. It. TV title. Damn it, I missed it. Uh, the Revival became the first ever co-champions. Okay. Because, uh, the company doesn't count the time where China and Jericho were champions together. They've just struck that from the record. Huh. Yeah. That's terrible. They count it as vacant in the the official books. Yeah. That's nasty. So... I guess one thing with that is it doesn't give uh, Jericho just another counter to his IC title. Yeah, it doesn't give Jericho another thing to be like, hey, fucking look at me about. <laughs> uh, which, it, it was wild seeing them win that. Uh, and then R-Truth got it back immediately. <laughs> and then Elias smashed a guitar over his back as they were doing a dance break to win it again for his third time. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Wh- oh, yeah, he got the second time under the ring. <laughs> yeah. I did. I do not remember either of the first two times. I'm pretty much only keeping track of what R-Truth is doing with it. <laughs> what else happened? Uh, Ramsey and Andrade had a pretty good two out of three falls match. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the real important thing. Okay. Natalia is coming to the ring to to talk about how her dad would be proud of her. 
and has it been a year since he died yes a year and uh, it's it's big it's a big deal that um she was able to have such a strong match in her home country and then (laughs) i didn't think it i i didn't think it would ever happen again it's finally boss time <laughs> finally boss time Michael as Cole's soon as that, that music hits watering as soon as that music hit i'm like screaming like it does sometimes when that stuff happens it takes me like a second to register but as soon as it happens because they always uh, one thing that they could do right with comebacks usually is they don't have they have the camera in a way to where you can't see any sort of titantron graphics or anything so you just see the person standing there the music goes off and the colors of the titantron usually illuminating the person's face yeah so it's like always super excited because you get that like it the music playing natalia's all excited the crowd's excited we don't know why they did this on raw raw instead (laughs) yeah because I feel like if you reveal Sasha Banks coming back at the pay-per-view, people are going to tune into Raw right away. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> she's coming down to the ring, and I'm like... And I don't know about you, but I was like, her hair seems a little big. Uh-huh. I sure did notice that. Her hair seems big. And she she's like gets into the ring, and they're having like a nice, like, hey, it's good to see you kind of thing. And then she just smacks Natalia, rips that wig off to reveal brand new bright blue hair and just beats the shit out of Natalia and like stomping onto her arm that was that was in a sling to help sell how strong Becky Lynch is. And then once she's done with Natalia, Becky comes out and then she starts beating the shit out of Becky and she swears. Yeah. She slapped Becky in the face and said something. What did she say to her? I don't know. I do. I, the audio cut out, so I do know she swore. Just like Randy Orton yeah. swore at SummerSlam because the audio cut out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's f- fucking good. Comes back and is a heel. It's exactly what she should be doing. Yeah. And I'm cheering as she's beating the shit out of our <laughs> queen baby face. I'm like, yeah, yeah fucking Sasha's back. I'm like screaming. I'm like holding my dog, shaking him. Like it's boss time, Rain. It's boss time. <laughs> it's boss time. It's great that <laughs> she's back. And if there's one person that should take the strap off of, uh, off of Becky, this is it right here. This is her. This this easy. should be it. <laughs> yep. It's it's time to do it. I th- I think we need to. Because they're gonna do a a draft type thing again right before the Fox show. Uh, Are they? They're gonna go back to a brand split and stuff like hard brand split. Oh well, then being on two different networks makes sense. Yeah. Well, her hair's blue, so. Yeah. What what I'm really what what I'm hoping is that they all localize them onto one brand. Oh, I, all the women. All the horsewomen. Oh oh yeah, they and, should all be on SmackDown. I I think. Because this is the horsewomen thing. I think they, they just need to have like a ton of constant fighting between each other. And like f- a bunch of fatal four-way matches for the title. Like recreate that NXT magic. Like all the stuff and like stuff getting almost too real in, in that stuff. And like yes. building up this horrible tension. And then like at uh, 
at the Rumble or something, uh, Ronda Rousey does her finisher, the point, to where she steals everyone's momentum and becomes the the talking point of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. And then, uh, when, but her point is at the top of the ramp and she points for the other three horsewomen to attack. And they have to, like, even though they all hate each other, they have to get back together and, like, learn to like each other to fight back. That's good. You just booked the horsewomen return like a motherfucker. And then that's the WrestleMania co-main event. It's not even for a belt. It's, like, the once-in-a-lifetime match. I like that. Where they, the horsewomen, uh, versus, in, like, an elimination match. And then it ends with Rousey versus, uh, Becky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it and then works. and then while that's going on, you have women's talent like Oscar and Kyrie Sane, and not those like staple people. Even though I'd love to see like Bailey and Sasha Banks use that more, you have like fresher talent to you the main roster. Up, you can build up. Uh, Hold Mandy the title, Rose, yeah. Sonya Deville. You can have uh, that Morgan, like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, can be a match because that's going to happen eventually. <laughs> Uh, Ember Moon, you can do more building of. Yeah. <laughs> Asuka, you can bring back to the top on a different... Br- all, all of them on Raw. Yeah. Or whichever one is not... Whichever one they're not on, I guess. In my mind, I would put all the four horsewomen on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be... Also, Braun Strowman is kind of back. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't watch the main event. I didn't watch the champion versus champion match, so. It was going to be cool, and then it's, it was exciting, and then, you know, there's. Get these hands. Three versus one, and then uh, Ricochet and Strowman come out to help Seth. Okay, that's pretty cool. And then Strowman gets a pop, like. it's re- I, I didn't realize that Strowman just hasn't been on TV, which is a little, a little odd. Now that I think about it, but. Yeah, he hasn't been on TV for a while. <laughs> Uh, on SmackDown, SmackDown was mostly good. Um, it was. It felt kind of short. Yeah, that's how I always feel about SmackDown. I'm like, huh, this sure isn't three hours. <laughs> yeah. Shane uh, fined Kevin Owens $100,000 for his attack on Elias. <laughs> Elias, who was an official. Yep. And then Kevin Owens is like, this fucking sucks. And broke a TV in Shane's office. Uh, Charlotte beats Ember Moon clean after Ember Moon lost. Uh, this is her fourth loss in a row. <laughs> third? Uh, I want to say third because I think she won when she faced Bailey or whoever was she faced. She lost the challenger versus challenger, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. She lost the tag match, the challenger versus challenger. She lost the SummerSlam match. Now this. Oh, I thought they won the tag match. Okay. Maybe she <laughs> just didn't get pinned? No, she's the one who got pinned in the tag match. Wow, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah that's... <laughs> well, you know, in order to climb to the top, sometimes you gotta go out there and do the job, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Charlotte versus Bailey probably at Class Champions... Uh, we got Roman versus Buddy Murphy, which was a huge Excellent. match. This Excellent. was this this is a this is a you put it, Roman Reigns has the power to put people like on the map, like, and he's already the best kept secret. Like that's 
honestly, that's the thing that that's his that's his motto they say about him. But it's kind of true. Like he's a fucking incredible wrestler, and he just went out there and had a like banger of a match with, like you said, the guy that can put people on the map. Because <laughs> the the thing with Roman is, you're not gonna win. People are going to talk about that match, and people are going to watch because they're going to want to be mad. They're going to be yeah. like, I don't Roman win. But then you see Buddy Murphy put on an incredible match. <laughs> and of course, uh, Roman wins with a spear, but Buddy Murphy looks good. Yeah. He's definitely going to be moving into doing some stuff. He'll probably have to take his losses for a couple of months, maybe even yeah. until after Mania, but I think he's going to be fine. They're definitely... I think maybe a year ago we were talking about this coming into a transition period, maybe at the beginning of this year, that it's definitely moving along. They're trying to build up new names for you to know, like Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander and... Um, Nikki Cross, they're doing a good job at that right now, I think, because some people are just not going to be coming back. Just going to be wanting to leave. I don't remember Kevin Owens versus Samojo. I apologize. Uh, Elias pulled out the ref, and then he jumped in and did a quick count. That's. Oh, okay. That's Maybe I was not watching it. Maybe I went to the bathroom or something. Uh, Rowan and Daniel Bryan like tortured Buddy Murphy to get him to say he lied, which... Uh, torture doesn't work to get confessions nope so, but Daniel Bryan's a Far Cry villain now so he's got to <laughs> so apparently the planet's champions know who the attacker is um I'm hoping it's Dean Ambrose <laughs> I hope they do uh they, they do the <laughs> fake diesel and fake Razor Ramon thing <laughs> holy shit Dean Ambrose but it's actually just like it's actually just like Brian Kendrick yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, w- just way too small to be Dean. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's Mick Foley. They just bring him out. He doesn't. He's, he's just wearing the jeans and the white shirt. He's like, I'm Dean Ambrose. <laughs> the taped hands. Yeah. What's up, friend, brother, big dog? <laughs> It'd be funnier if Roman rea- like shoot reacted to it as well. He's just like, what the fuck? Like they're recording him. I'd I'd like it if he just went along with this. Like, oh, hey, Dean, brother, how's it going? <laughs> you know, Roman is a good actor, so yeah, yeah, he is. He's a very good actor. <laughs> that that uh, scene thrown around Buddy Murphy last week, I was fair. I I don't think I saw that for some reason last week, and then I watched it this week, and I was like, that's. I think I watched. It, I think I watched it after seeing the promo and uh, for the match, or not the match for. SummerSlam, they were showing it on the pre-show, and I was like, oh, I should go back and watch that, and I didn't. I was like, that was really fucking good. He's very good there. The Revival are mad at New Day because the New Day are ruining tag team wrestling by being, uh, by being, uh, dancey, goofy idiots. It becomes a, a three-man, a six-man tag match with Randy Orton and on the side of the Revival and the New Day. Uh, so it just becomes a, a six-man match, and then the revival win, and then uh, Kofi and everyone gets taken out by RKO's. Yep, RKO's all around. 
Kind of expected that. Yep. <laughs> Real fun. Uh, most dangerous three letters. OKR. Yeah, that's uh that's the end of the of the long ass fucking wrestling weekend we had. All yeah, outs so in two weeks. So it's takeover Cardiff. Champions. Clash of Champions is like two weeks after that. Yep. Yeah, so two more pay per views in the next month for us to talk about. It was one of those longer episodes because it was a it was a takeover week as well. Yeah. And I'll be able to trim stuff down. Yeah. Uh Oh, do they not have? Oh, they must not have anything announced until after All Out, besides TV premiere. Yeah, they have the DC show and then the Boston show, which I think is the week after. And then they also have the, the Jerry Cruz. Oh, yeah, yes, Jerry Cruz. Yeah, I think they're going to be trying to televise Jerry Cruz. I've seen. But, um, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to happen. So, what do you want to plug, Cameron? My Twitter. Oh, you have one of those, I see. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter, at Cam Hambone, where I'm tweeting about wrestling, video games, and all sorts of other interesting and important-to-me stuff. So, if you want to... Go on, by, give me a follow, and uh, DMs are open if you want to talk about wrestling. Also, if you want to talk about wrestling, the Orange Groves has a Discord channel with, or Discord server with a CWFP channel. So, if you want to uh, be a part of that, uh, the link is in the uh, description of this episode. Click on through, join the server, find the CWFP channel. And chat us up about some wrestling. We're always down for that. Dre, what do you want to plug? Uh, my Twitter. I have, uh... You can follow me at at NoImJory, where I tweeting about stuff, playing a lot of Fire Emblem, going to be playing a lot of classic World of Warcraft. If you want want bad tweets about video games uh you should follow me uh you can follow this this podcast on twitter at cwfpcast we'll let you know when there's new episodes or bad jokes or tweets about the uh current pay-per-views and stuff going on when we're tweeting tweeting about those Mm mm-hmm yes i have a pretty good tweet about uh xavier woods braids if you grew up playing final fight (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot he, he just had those braids for whatever reason, and it probably was a Final Fight reference. It looks exactly like that first boss, I can't remember what his name is, da- Damon, <laughs> Demond, whatever. It exactly <laughs> like him, sunglasses and all. <laughs> I'm gonna retweet it right now. Um, also, our header is the picture of Cesaro with Britney Spears! Oh yeah, I need to find another good wrestling thing as as our header. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a real thing Cesaro made. It's a real thing Cesaro like, made and was on his MySpace. That's so funny. Cesaro, they, I think in the full image they're like in front of Mount Fuji or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Cesaro's a fucking hilarious dude. 
Young Cesaro is wild too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can f- follow uh, the network at Orange Groves Pod on Twitter. Um, there's my other show. We are watching One Piece. Newer episode just came out where we uh, finish up an arc and then uh, feel a lot of emotions. So there's that. It's We Are Watching One Piece on all your favorite podcasting apps. And along with us, uh, recommend us to your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Uh, tell us that we're dumb marks because we like Roman Reigns. Tell us that we're dumb marks because we uh, are doing a podcast that's mostly about WWE. I imagine that. Call us stupid because uh, we didn't praise Kenny Omega for the week. Call us idiots for... Not taking Meltzer as the word of God. Uh, I feel sorry for people who do that. Or Brian Alvarez, even though I feel like Brian Alvarez is worse than Meltzer, it seems like. Yeah, I he, agree. I he, think Brian Alvarez is just an old guy who's trying to tell you, like, facts, but that are sometimes skewed based on his bias. Brian Alvarez is trying to let troll you sometimes. So. Brian Alvarez seems to try and say more volatile stuff a lot. Yeah. Never forget they on their on their show, which we've never done here and never will, because it's not appropriate to talk about on a wrestling podcast. Uh, measured the attractiveness of Peyton Royce based on her gaining weight on the main roster. I'm not trying to start a rivalry here. I just think that's a very <laughs> inappropriate thing for adult men who make a living based on wrestling journalism to do. Compliment oh. or 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 jab at her physique, but. Do not use the word attractiveness, because we've done that, right? We talk about how fucking jacked people are all the time. Yeah, <laughs> It's fun. I like when uh, Dean Ambrose comes back and he's just fucking shredded. It's cool. I uh, I do want to start a rivalry, and I want us to, because if we start a rivalry with them, we will get a match at uh, an AEW pay-per-view. Oh, hell yeah. It'll be on the pre-show. It'll be us and Jabaley. Versus them and someone else. <laughs> I, okay, I want Nakazawa. I don't want Jabaley. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want Jabaley? <laughs> I, ooh, wait, hold on. Jabaley will give us a first round buy at uh, CEO if we win. Are you sure you don't want that first round buy? And, and he, he, kayfabe wise, he will fund Dead or Alive Seven and make it a legitimate oh fighting game. <laughs> Oh my god. It's hard to choose between FGC or pouring baby oil down Nakazawa's trunks. Fuck, I can't decide. you beautiful blood-sucking babes. I'm Sahana. And I'm Kat. And we're the hosts of Summer Twilight Book Club, a podcast where two dumb bitches with social work degrees reread the four horniest books of their teenage years. If you're at all curious about any of the following, this is the podcast for you. Does Bella Swan have a car crash fetish? Yes, I am telling you right now the answer is yes. 
Does Stephanie Meyer understand healthy relationship boundaries? Has Bella Swan ever had a secure attachment in her life? How has Twilight impacted the societal and my personal conceptions of romance? Why does Stephanie Meyer of Sahana and all other brown people reparations? Why is Edward Cullen so into edging? You can find Summer Twilight Book Club at theorangegrows.com or on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you access podcasts to find out.